But if you're someone who is waking up tired every day when you wake up, you're tired through the whole day, you're crashing in the afternoon to the point where you just can't function and you just feel like your whole body is just like dragging, that's not normal. Hey, welcome to Build to Be You. My name is Michaela and I am so pumped that you're here. I made this podcast so you can uncover what it means to be you and learn how you can fully step into your potential while trying to navigate your 20s, overcoming previous failures, learning to face your fears, dance with your emotions and take messy action in order to build and become the best you. You can expect a little bit of mixed up love and a whole lot of real talk. But let me just say this journey is so much more fun with the bestie. So buckle up and let's do it together. Welcome, Amanda, to the Build View community. I am super excited for you to be in this space with us today. Can you just tell the listeners a little bit about you and who you are, and then we'll dive in. Hi, I'm so excited to be here today. So I'm Amanda. I'm a dietitian, and I primarily work with um, women who are burnt out and dealing with hormone imbalances and also GI issues as well. So what I do in my private practice is uh, I work with my clients on a one-on-one basis, and we usually are looking and seeing what's going on with hormones, what's going on with gut function, since those two are so intertwined, and really trying to figure out those root causes to a lot of the hormonal symptoms that they're having, and really just kind of clearing that up through um, different forms of testing. And then also the big thing is those nutrition and lifestyle changes that we work through together. I, I love that. And I'm sure we'll get into this in the podcast. But have you always done private practice or like just for my own curiosity? I love to know. So um, it says my going into my about two years, over two years now, can't keep track of the dates um, of doing private practice. Before this, I worked in a actually an eating disorder rehab facility as a dietitian. So that was um, kind of a big change. But honestly, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to working in hormones, I find that so many women are dealing with disordered eating sometimes. So it kind of is a nice combination. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And before we dive into like all of the juice of today's episode, I have just like three rapid fire questions. No pressure, but they're just fun little icebreakers. Um, What is the first thing you did when you woke up this morning? The first thing I did, I have to remember that far back. (laughs) Um, I, oh, I went and snuggled my dogs. That's what I do every morning when I wake up. I love that. What kind of dogs I love do you waking have? up. My little, I have um I have a lab mix and a chihuahua mix and my little chihuahua mix. He burrows himself under his blanket and I just love waking him up in the morning because it's like it's just this little magical moment of lifting the blanket off and he wakes up. It's the little things in life. We don't deserve dogs, honestly. Yes. They're so great. Um, right. I don't know why these are all about time, but what's your favorite time of the day? What's your favorite part of the day? Um, favorite part of the day. I would say in the evening. I just I always have like such like a my happy like evening routine of just like relaxing after the day. So definitely the evening routine is probably my favorite time. I love that. Good unwind. It's like I'm done with yeah. the day. I can relax. Okay. Last one. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh goodness. She's like, you didn't prepare me for this. I don't know. I am so stumped. Like one superpower. Um, I think it would probably be like something involving time to make more um minutes in the day. <laughs> Uh, is that a superpower? <laughs> when you make it one, I don't I don't think there's any rules around superpowers. So that works. But I think it like hits well with the topic we're talking about today of burnout and everything else. My superpower would be to extend the day. <laughs> I love that. 
<laughs> and that ties us into what we're talking about today. We're not going to just play 20 questions with Amanda, but we're going to talk about, you know, hormone health and what you're an expert in. So let's just start with the basics here. You know, I feel like growing up, you know, like you're taught, like you have a period and that's it. And like, that's what I thought hormones were. So like, what is hormone health at, let's say like as basic of a level as you can get it. I know it's very intricate, but let's start there. Yeah. And I think what you just said, like it hits the nail on the head of, we were really just basically taught we bleed once a month. And I think that was like where our whole entire education level stopped when it comes to our period. But it is so much more complex to that. You know, when I got into hormone health, you know, and started really studying hormones and better understanding what's going on, it was like incredible to me to realize how much our hormones are fluctuating throughout the month, how we have these different phases and, and we're going through these different cycles. And, you know, the way our hormones fluctuate affects how we feel, mm-hmm. um, whether that be through like, you know, fluctuations of our mood changes or fluctuations with fatigue levels and things like that. So it's really interesting to really kind of start understanding how our bodies function and tuning more into it and being understanding of, you know, your body as a woman and where those hormones are fluctuating and understanding how you can kind of accommodate your own schedules around that, because it's not that you just bleed once a month. <laughs> yeah. And then that's crazy. Yeah. And I think the other big thing that we talk about when it comes to hormones is that I feel like growing up, we, I don't know about you, but I feel like myself and everyone around me had horrible cramps, was extremely moody at PMS time, just felt miserable and tired. And it was just, that was just normal. Like everyone just thought that this is how we're supposed to feel. And it's not, (laughs) it's not normal to have horrific cramps to the point where you can't get out of bed. It's not normal to have PMS to the point where you want to snap and just fire off at every single person that you see. These are things that we can really work on with nutrition and lifestyle changes and, you know, balancing hormones. And I think the other thing that comes in there is the fact that a lot of us as women have gone to, you know, our doctors and been like, Hey, this is a problem. And then we're just throwing the birth control pill, which is the other big issue is that the birth control pill is not always the end all be all solving factor for all of the stuff we have going on. And we can really solve it in more um, natural ways of nutrition and lifestyle. Yeah, no. And it just like blows my mind. Like once I learned like, Hey, you actually can't get pregnant every single day. Hey, actually birth control is not fixing. <laughs> like there was so many things that I learned in my twenties that I was like, wait a minute. I am like, yes. I was just like so confused. And so I'm like, so excited for you to be here in this space today, because I know that I have a lot to learn. And I think that every woman listening, you know, we can do better about like really taking ownership of like what's literally ours. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I think about the woman who's listening. She's like, wait a minute, like period cramps aren't normal. Like PMSing isn't normal. So like, where do we like start to like pinpoint and identify? Like, I think some women go into like this crisis mode of like, I'm broken. (laughs) And so it's like, Mm -hmm. how do we start to pinpoint like small action steps or like red flags almost of like, Hey, something's out of balance here. What do we do next? Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to, you know, our hormones and kind of figuring out is something actually going on, I would say that if you are someone who is experiencing, and I think the big ones are the extreme cramps to the point, like where you're like keeled over, you're like Mm -hmm. laying there, like you have to have heat, you have to take days off of work for it. Like that's not normal. We really need to start investigating what's going on there more. Or maybe you're someone who, you know, that whole week, and I've seen some women two weeks before their period are just, and the one thing I always hear is, I don't feel like myself. I feel like a different person. Like that's not normal. You shouldn't feel like a different person for one to two weeks out of every cycle that you're having. Um, So those are really big indicators to me that you really need to start looking into 
maybe looking a little deeper at what is going on with your hormonal health. And, you know, also if your periods are very irregular and things like that, because what we really want is to feel good and balanced in the body. And you want to feel like yourself. Every woman knows who they are and like what they feel when they feel good, like who they are as a person. But when you start to get all these kind of other feelings and mood swings kind of coming in, that's not who you are. And and every woman knows that. So when you don't feel like yourself, it's really that time when you should start digging into kind of figuring out what's going on. Cause you want to have good, stable energy, regular periods, minimal to no cramping with, you know, during your period, PMSing, stable moods, healthy skin and hair, and of course, healthy metabolic function where your weight is stable. All those things are that epitome of what we want as, you know, feeling good with healthy hormones. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's like emphasis on like what we want versus like what we experience. So mm-hmm. say the woman who's listening is kind of going through that, like those like mood swings, like just super low energy. Like where, where do you start? Like what, what's the first step to like balancing out your hormones? Let's say. I mean, I would always say, you know, the first thing is, is that if you eat, you know, first of all, testing is always really beneficial. I always say that just because we always want to see what's actually going on in the body. But if you don't want to jump in there, you just want to really start off on your own. I say nutrition. Nutrition is the best place to always start and start figuring out what is going on in the body. Um, So that would be blood sugar balance for one um, is really beneficial because when we're constantly having these blood sugar spikes and drops all the time, this is a really big stress response on the body, which can also start to impact cortisol levels, which eventually kind of start to affect our hormone, our female hormones as well. So, you know, starting to kind of prioritize our nutrition with that is a really, really big thing. So prioritizing a carb, protein, healthy fats, fiber, at every single meal when you kind of sit down and trying to eat every three to four hours, which I know those two things are, are really big but they're so important when it comes to that hormonal health and nutrition. Yeah. And I, so when you said testing, can you like specify like what, what does testing mean? Like, what does that encompass? Like, what are we testing for? Just cause I like, honestly don't know. <laughs> so when I work with my clients, we're actually testing for um, progesterone, estrogen, how estrogen is actually detoxifying in the body. Um, also how like our hormones are detoxifying in the body. We're looking at testosterone levels and then also the full picture of cortisol um, and seeing how your cortisol levels are going. I think this is especially important if you are under a lot of chronic stress every single day so that you can see like that whole big cortisol picture because we're supposed to wake up in the morning, our cortisol levels go up and then they start to drop out throughout the rest of the day. And they're supposed to be really low in the evening. But if you're starting to have different fluctuations than that throughout the day, this can start leading you to feel more tired. It can start leading to other female hormone issues as well. It can lead you to having sleep issues, which throws off everything. So these are all important levels for us to be looking at. Personally, in my practice, I use Dutch testing for this. So we get a better picture of what's going on there. It's a little bit different than what doctors do when they run typical like blood work in the, in the doctor's office. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for clarifying uh, clarifying. And a lot of my listeners are healthcare workers who are under uh, quite a bit of that stress. And so (laughs) I feel like they're kind of having like one of those like, oh crap moments of like, you know, sometimes when we experience those like highs and lows of like energy and fatigue, like sometimes it just gets brushed off. Like this is just like how it's supposed to be. And so it's like, at what point do you start to question like how it is that you're feeling and like, is there actually something deeper going on here? Yeah. So I think when it comes to, when we talk about fatigue and feeling tired, I think there needs to be that explanation of there's two different types of 
fatigue to me personally. There is your everyday, you know, you had a long day, you had a long week and you feel tired because it's normal to feel tired after doing a lot. But if you're someone who is waking up tired every day, when you wake up, you're tired through the whole day, you're crashing in the afternoon to the point where you just can't function and you just feel like your whole body is just like dragging. That's Mm -hmm. not normal. We shouldn't be to that level every single day. Yes. We're going to be dealing with stress and yes, we might feel a little bit tired, but you should also be able to like support your body enough to be able to get through the day. And that's where to me, nutrition comes in big time. Um, in supporting the body for kind of getting those better energy levels. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's, I know you talked about nutrition and like blood sugar balance. Is there anything else specifically around nutrition that we need to know to kind of help support those hormones? Absolutely. So yeah, and as I was saying that, I was going to say there's two other things. <laughs> um, so glad you asked. So the other thing besides the blood sugar balance and keeping our, you know, kind of keeping that carb, protein, healthy fats and fiber eating consistently throughout the day is eating enough. And this is one of the biggest things I see in women is that they're just not eating enough. And I feel like part of this is our busy schedules. One, because it's just, you're not finding the time to eat throughout the day. But another thing is the whole diet culture world that we've grown up in, which is eat as little as possible and cut out carbs, cut out fats and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's really led to this epidemic of women just not eating enough to support their body and their busy lifestyles. Um, So it's really important to make sure you can easily kind of go online, find like a nice BMR calculator. And a lot of those will then show you like different activity levels. And it's pretty easy to kind of slowly figure out maybe where your range might be and trying to hit more of that caloric range versus eating very, very low calorie. And the third one is your gut health. Gut health is like the biggest thing when it comes to hormones that I just don't think we can ever talk enough about because when your gut is unhealthy, and this is something I see so often, especially with stress, because stress can really wreak havoc on our gut, um, is that it can start to impact our hormones. There's a lot of new research coming out showing that the microbiome actually plays a really big role in estrogen regulation. Um, so if you're not, you know, having a healthy gut, this is really going to start taking a toll on those hormones. So the couple of things when it comes to supporting your gut that I really recommend is, you know, really supporting a healthy microbiome. So one is adding in probiotics because these are our good gut bugs that we want to have you know, flourishing in our gut. So this is things like Greek yogurt, sauerkraut, fermented foods, um, pickles, things like that. Always make sure you're getting those live active cultures in those products. And then once we've put those good gut bugs in there, we have to feed them. We really have to think of it like it's our own little ecosystem in there. (laughs) And we have to feed the little good gut bugs with things called prebiotics. And prebiotics are the little food sources that go and feed them. And so that helps us to have that flourishing gut Um, These are things like garlic, onions, ground flaxseed, apples, green bananas. These are really helpful to feed those guys. And another really great feed source is resistant starches. And resistant starches are great because they actually help to, they actually ferment in the gut and they turn into this um, thing called butyrate. And this is actually a fuel source for the cells that line the colon. And it's really beneficial for um, a really healthy microbiome. So these are things like when we take like, for example, these are just two things, but potatoes and rice, if you cook them, cool them, and then reheat them, they actually, because of the way the starches break down, they turn into these resistant starches. So it's another really great source to add into the diet to help to feed the good gut bugs. Interesting. I feel like I just took a science class. <laughs> like I can't wait to go back and re-listen to this and like take all the notes and be like, okay, what yeah. can I change? <laughs> yeah. And really just like it's, and to me, nutrition is all about adding. 
it's not about what can we take away to the diet. And I think that's where the big misconception is with nutrition is that we go to the internet and the internet's like cut everything out. Mm -hmm. Whereas I like to come in and say, what can we add into your diet? So it's not so complex. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess the last thing I would say about the gut is colorful fruits and vegetables. Another thing to add, we want color in the diet so that we can really, you know, have that flourishing microbiome as well. So the more we can add into the diet, the better. And I think, you know, for anyone kind of listening to this thinking, oh my gosh, this sounds beyond overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> because I know that's kind of the feeling that anyone gets when they start listening to me talk. Cause I could go for days when it comes to talking about nutrition is start with one thing at a time. You don't have to do it all at once. You know, just, just really set a goal. Like I'm going to add more protein into my diet this week, or I'm going to focus on, you know, making sure I have a carb, a protein, a fat, a fiber at my, at my meal. Or I'm just going to, you know, make sure I'm getting in three meals and one or two snacks per day. Just making simple goals like that is so beneficial to our hormones. And it's amazing how simple changes like that can really produce really big results of you starting to feel better. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love that you kind of took it that way. It's because like, you know, it is like, we spent so many years learning the behaviors and the habits that we have now, and even like the knowledge that we have now around hormones. So it's like, it's going to take time and consistency and like patience for you to like implement those new habits. And so I think like focusing on one thing, like just seems more like digestible and like easy, Mm -hmm. especially for the woman who's listening, who's like, okay, I'm already busy. And now you want me to go do X, Y, Z too. It's like, and I love that you said adding. So it's not like she didn't say you have to like cut out all soda and all pop and all caffeine and like whatever, but like, you know, just focusing on small changes over time. Absolutely. The small changes are really the best best thing. I mean, even when I work with my clients, I mean, for example, I have a lot of clients that come to me drinking tons of coffee, or it's just, we really have a lot of work to do on the, on the diet and really just, we just break it down step-by-step. Just, you know, if you're drinking four cups of coffee, take it down to three, take it down to two, take it down to one and just set a new goal each week. It doesn't have to be all at once. And I will say, if you're going to start anywhere, focus on adding more protein to your diet. You will see such amazing changes with just that one little add-in. Yeah. And like adding something sounds so much more fun than taking something away. <laughs> like in my brain, I'm like, yeah, of course, like I can add something. You like take it away. Exactly. I was like, ah, no. But while we're on the subject of caffeine, I feel like this is something that I'm definitely guilty of. And like, I feel like I read, like I consume a lot of things on social media, like you shouldn't drink caffeine. It's so bad for you. And then part of me is like, but I don't want to give it up. So let's touch a little bit about on caffeine if we can, like just kind of like the role that it plays in hormones and like a lot of healthcare workers do listen. So like some people just like, where does a badge of honor? Like I survive on caffeine. I'm like, I don't think that's the way to go. I think there's probably a better way, but let's talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So caffeine, I think, you know, when we're seeing it coming in so much into our life, it definitely can start to really impact us, especially for someone who is sensitive to caffeine and kind of gets that jittery anxiousness, which it's amazing sometimes with my clients when we start to pull them off the caffeine and they're like, oh my gosh, like I feel so much calmer because like the caffeine is just keeping them on this like adrenaline. They're just Mm -hmm. living on adrenaline basically. And that's really what it causes. And so when you're dealing with high stress, you already have high cortisol levels and you're adding caffeine and you're just adding that like big stimulatory thing to the body. It's just not doing that stress any favors at all. And of course, also drinking caffeine consistently throughout the day is also going to impact your whole circadian rhythm, how you're sleeping at night. So that can really jeopardize that as well. So, you know, we really want to start pulling the caffeine back so that we can start giving the body more support in those types of areas. One kind of calming the nervous system down versus constantly stimulating it 
because we're already constantly, you know, this, the nervous system is already revved up enough from stress. So, and then also it's really supporting that healthy sleep. And, you know, I always say the goal of what we want to do is always just making the body feel as safe as possible. And if we're constantly feeding it this very big, you know, you know, something that's constantly stimulating it with caffeine, it's just not giving it that safe feeling that we want. But I will say to anyone listening, you do not have to cut caffeine out completely, unless you are someone who is very sensitive and gets very anxious and like, you know, you need to cut it out. You can do one eight ounce cup of coffee in the morning before noon drink a glass of water first, have it with a meal. I'm not saying you have to cut it out hundred <laughs> percent, but really decreasing it and really giving your body more support when you drink it is really beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. And like when I'm drinking my caffeine, like guilt-free most of the time, I also think about, you know, I'm like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the long-term game. It's like, you know, how do I want to support my body and how do I want to feel in my body? So I really appreciate that perspective of like creating that safe space within yourself. Cause like, you know, we can't really like rely on other people to create it for us. So it's like just one more step and like kind of taking that ownership. That's at least how I heard that. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, I just think that sometimes healthcare workers like get their feathers ruffled when people are like, don't drink caffeine. It's like, you're like taking away their lifeline. But I think it's also like the relationship and like the narrative that you tell yourself about what caffeine provides for you and what it maybe doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. Absolutely. And, and caffeine at the end of the day, I think is that idea of like, it's going to give us energy, but at the end of the day, it's, it's not, it's really giving us that fake energy that we're just thriving mm-hmm. off of. And it's really creating more pumps. And I will say, you know, the one thing I have a lot of my clients switch over to um, is more of supporting minerals. So like doing, I don't know if you've ever heard of like adrenal cocktails. So that's actually a big thing that I have a lot of my clients switch over to. So this is something where we are adding in um, adrenal cocktails. So sodium sources like salt, potassium, like um, coconut water. We add in some orange juice a little bit for um, some vitamin C. So this is what we call the big kind of adrenal supports. Like when you're chronically stressed, kind of replenishing minerals can be very beneficial because when you are stressed, you're burning through minerals at a rapid pace. So we really want to replenish that. Also adding in some um, magnesium liquid or powder can be helpful as well into this little kind of concoction drink. So I have a lot of my clients actually replace their coffee with this kind of adrenal cocktail, which can be really helpful for giving them that energy boost. I always hear really great results when they start adding in that, that they can start feeling much more energized. Wow. I just took so many notes on that and I'm so excited <laughs> to like, go figure out like more. <laughs> I'll be like in your DMS after this episode, like, Hey, what is that again? <laughs> um, but that was like, you, you answered my question. I was going to ask you is like, what do you recommend? Like kind of, you know, to, you know, going from four cups to three cups and then like, what do you eventually mm-hmm. replace that with? So I think that's super helpful to hear like that something like that is just supporting your mm-hmm. energy and your hormones. And it's like, when you know better, you do better. So it's like, yeah as you're listening to this, like, instead of being like angry or resentful, it's like, okay, well, like, I'm the problem, but I'm also the solution. So let's figure, (laughs) let's figure out something that works a little bit better here. Exactly. And I think there's really like, when it comes down to, you know, kind of, kind of diving into like the things that we need to change, there's always something we can kind of replace it with to make yourself feel better. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's not about cutting out everything. It's kind of like, again, what can I add in here? So instead of having the coffee at four o'clock in the afternoon to give me an energy boost, what can I add in instead that I might, you know, improve my energy better? That's not going to make me not sleep that night. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes for me, it's like kind of like just like a habitual thing. It's like just like the act of having something different that's not water to like sip on in the like afternoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this actually tastes good. It's yummy. It's delicious. So, and if you go to my Instagram, there's some recipes you'll find in there too scattered through my posts. So I always Sweet. love sharing those as well. Sweet. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. <laughs> um, I feel like we just spent a lot of time on caffeine. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's a big topic. It really is. It's a lot of topic, especially for healthcare workers. So we appreciate you for sharing that. Um, let's transition a little bit here and talk about um, like the phases of your cycle in relation to like kind of like the ebbs and flows. Like this is something that I'm by no means an expert on. So I'll just kind of like let you take the reins <laughs> and tell us what we need to know about the cycles or phases of your cycle. <laughs> So to like really simplify this as quickly as I can. So basically you have two different phases. You have your follicular phase, which starts on the first day of your period. Then you ovulate halfway through your cycle. And then you have your luteal phase, which starts right after you ovulate. And then that goes through until you have your next period. So during that first week of your follicular phase, um, you know, you just got your period. So the first couple of days, you might have a little bit lower energy. You might be a little bit more moody. But again, when I say little, I mean that this should just be very minimal. It shouldn't be to the point where it's affecting your day-to-day functions, things like that. Like you should still be functional on these days. You just will notice a little bit of that shift. Um, But honestly, after about day three of your period, estrogen levels are starting to come up. So you start to see like those energy levels coming back. You start feeling like more energized, things like that. And especially as you're diving into that, like week two of that follicular phase. And by week two, I mean, I'm just doing a general 28 day cycle here. It varies for every woman, but, um, you know, during that week two of your follicular phase, this is when you start having a lot more energy. You're having higher libido. You're feeling outgoing social. This is the problem is you make plans on this week <laughs> or two weeks later. And then you're like, I regret that decision. Me um, all the time. I've learned. <laughs> right. So, you know, this is when you're feeling really good. And I always encourage my clients to, you know, this is when like, if you're motivated to do something, do it, you know, or meal plan for the next couple of weeks, or, you know, put some freezer meals together. So you have stuff because you got more energy during the time you use it and, you know, be productive with it. Um, and then after that, this is when you hit ovulation. Again, you'll still have that good mood coming in. You'll have that higher libido. And then after that, you hit that luteal phase right after. And honestly, during that week three of your, that first week of your luteal phase, your energy still should be fairly stable. You'll start because as you go through, your hormones are all starting to dip down during that luteal phase as you go into PMS. Um, And so as they start to dip down, you'll start to notice maybe a little bit of a shift in energy. You're just not as motivated. You're a little bit more like, yeah, I don't really feel as like, I feel like doing all those things today. Mm -hmm. You might notice a little mood swing change here and there, but again, it's very minimal. And when I say mood swing, it's like, yeah, you may feel a little more irritable, but you have control over it versus PMS to point where like, you know, you don't have control. You're feeling like a different person. There's to me, if they're two different things. Yeah. absolutely. it's, It's really supporting yourself, you know, through that luteal phase that kind of towards the end of it. And that first couple of days, your period, that's when you just want to be giving yourself lots of love and care. And just really, I think being mindful of that. And again, tuning more into your body and understanding that this is happening, that your hormones are all dip down and mm-hmm. you don't have like the same, you don't feel the same as you did a couple of weeks ago and that's okay. And, you know, being respectful to your body and being mindful of that, I think is so important so that we can really care for our bodies and give it the love it needs versus sitting there. Like we typically do 
and just keep pushing through and doing all the things and not listening to it and burning ourselves out even more. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's like kind of the permission slip to yourself of like, okay, this is actually like normal. This is what's going on. And like, I think a lot of times, even I feel like as like teenagers and like into adulthood, it's like, we hold this expectation of ourselves that like, we're always going to have the same energy, the same drive. And like, you know, and it's like, if we don't, then we're like less than, or we're like being mean to ourselves. So I think when I first learned about like the different phases, I was like, oh my gosh, like that, <laughs> like so much of my life makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's like, now I know that I've got to record podcasts between these days because like, that's when I have the energy. And if I book a call, not during like, you know, so I just think that the woman listening to just normalize that feeling of like, you're not always yes. going to be a hundred percent, but learn how to support yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think it's exactly. And it is really understanding that sometimes you're not going to be in that like super energetic place. Like you are going to have some weeks where you are, but you're going to have some weeks where you were just like, I'm just on, I'm just steady today. Like I'm just on normal mode today and that's okay. And it's okay to just, you know, take care of yourself a little bit more and, you know, nourish yourself, you know, take a day off if you can, or, Mm -hmm. you know, just really make sure you're prioritizing your evenings for more rest and things like that so that you are able to take care of yourself and calming the nervous system down a little bit more on those days or taking an extra break if you can. And of course the big thing, nourish your body as much as possible because the more nutrients your body is getting during that PMS time before you're leading into your period, the -hmm. less mood swings you're going to have, the less cramping that you're going to have. So all those things are really important for all those things. Yeah. And this is like a total like sidebar, I guess, but like, like PMS or like period cravings, is that like something that's normal is, you know, like what's, what's the take on that? So actually it is completely normal to have more cravings during PMS because at the same time as your hormones are dipping down, dopamine levels are also dipping down. So this actually will intensify cravings and make you crave more foods Mm -hmm. and you just want everything. Also, another reason you're craving chocolate all the time is because it's high in magnesium um, and magnesium and omega-3s are very helpful for period cramps and lessening period cramps. So that's your body's just way of being like, hey, let me get more nutrients into my system. so but should will, we eat the chocolate or should we? <laughs> I would say dark chocolate and pair with some nuts. So we have that nice blood sugar balance, but you know, you're still getting in that chocolate when you want it. Um, I will say though, if you are getting those intense cravings, I mean like getting a craving is fine and honoring it's fine. Just make sure when you do pair it with up with a protein. So you're keeping blood sugar balanced, you know, just be mindful of the portion sizes. And at the end of the day, when you're eating those meals, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner and snacks, prioritize that protein. Because, and, you know, make sure you're not like overdoing it on carbs. Carbs are great, but we don't want like half a plate of carbs. We want that a nice balanced amount. We want a good amount of protein, good fiber sources. Um, If you're doing that and you're getting in those types of, you know, the proteins and the fibers to keep blood sugar more stable, you're not going to get the cravings as intense. You'll still have them because that's normal, but it won't be to the point where you're feeling like I have to go and eat a whole tub of ice cream tonight. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I think that just goes back to like what you said, like we're adding, we're not subtracting. So it's not like taking away the chocolate. It's like, okay, setting yourself for success early in the day and pairing the chocolate with nuts. So I think that that like, just like, Hey, you can still eat the chocolate. I'm not telling you not to. And like, Hey, period cramps are normal. But I feel like sometimes like, I don't know if it's just like a culture or a society thing. It's like, we use our period as an excuse (laughs) 
to like <laughs> just go ham. <laughs> right. And it's like everything totally that goes into your mouth that. is like justified by, oh, well, I'm on my period. <laughs> like, great. Mm-hmm. But like, are we doing the best that we can? <laughs> yeah. And the, and the part about that, that's kind of, it doesn't work out so well for us is that, you know, a lot of times we're going straight for all the heavy processed foods, the high sugar foods. Mm-hmm. And that at the end of the day, it will make you more moody. It will intensify period cramps and how you feel on your period. It will decrease those energy levels. So, you know, when we're going all in with everything, it really can actually impact how we feel. So the more that we can, again, add in the foods that make us feel good while still honoring cravings in a way that's supportive is kind of that better balance that at the end of the day will then decrease a lot of those period and PMS symptoms that we're getting. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay. We talked about periods. We talked about cramps. We've talked about so many things. I feel like there was one like little thing that not little is big, but you were talking about it a lot at the beginning about like burnout and just like stress and like the low energy. And you're like, well, if I could add like time into the day, you know, so like, let's talk to the woman who's like feeling pretty burnout. She's feeling pretty low energy. Like where does she start? What, what, where does she start to like, kind of pick apart different things, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know. And it's, it can feel really overwhelming when it comes to trying to make all these changes. And like I said, that's why I always suggest, you know, just starting small, starting with the most simple thing and just like slowly adding to that. Um, but I guess I would say as far as like where to kind of start is start with the nutrition. Like I've kind of, I, I feel like I just repeat myself when I say I this. love it. I love it. People need to hear it like but, 10 times before they actually like hear it. <laughs> right. I, I swear. I just, I'm always on repeat. It's like, just make sure you are eating enough, get in those meals throughout the day consistently, like keeping that blood sugar stable. So just, if that's the first goal that you have is like, I'm just going to eat three meals and a snack every day, then start there. And then maybe work on adding in the protein, work on adding in those fruits and vegetables to get more fiber into the system and more vitamins and minerals and things like that. Um, you know, from there, I would say there's kind of like four other things that you would really want to work on. And one is getting into a good sleep routine, trying to hit those eight to nine hours. And I know that, you know, anyone in healthcare that's can be really challenging. (laughs) I've worked with, I've worked with many healthcare professionals, whether they're on night shifts or not. I know it's hard to get in those that sleep, but the more that you can prioritize your schedule and really trying to find a schedule that works for you so you can get better sleep is going to be so instrumental when it comes to supporting hormones. And so just getting yourself just setting up a routine and sticking to it. Um, the next one would be, you know, getting outside in the sunshine, like in the morning. And if you don't, if you have darkness and you're working night shifts or anything like that, like get a sun lamp where you can like get that sun coming into your eyes. Cause that's so vital for that vitamin D or not vitamin D. Well, it is if you're outside in the sunshine, but with the sun lamp, <laughs> getting that circadian rhythm supported. And I would say the other two big things is finding little tiny pockets in your day to calm your nervous system. And by little pockets, I mean, it can range from two minutes to 10 minutes of just, you know, finding a little moment where you can just step away from whatever you're doing and do some deep breathing, calm your nervous system down so that it's not in that like constant adrenaline fight or flight mode all the time. And that could just be through some simple, like deep breathing, where you're just inhaling through the nose for four seconds, holding for seven seconds, and then exhaling for eight seconds. And just do this for two to 10 minutes, find little tiny pockets um, can be really beneficial. Also, doing that deep breathing right before a meal. So you can pull yourself that actually is very helpful for pulling. If you're like busy running around doing your job all day and you have to sit down to a meal, take five deep breaths, put yourself, take yourself out of that fight or flight, put yourself into rest and digest, 
And that can be so beneficial to how you digest your food, how you're absorbing food and just calming your whole system down. And then the last thing I would say is finding body movement that you love and enjoy versus going to the gym and just being miserable and setting unrealistic goals. Like, I don't care if that's just walking, stretching, doing some yoga, whatever feels good for you. Just start there and start a small goal, like two to three times a week and go from there and build on it. And so these are all little areas that I think are so important for a starting point, wherever you kind of find yourself. Mm -hmm. And I would say, just set up one goal, like one of these every week or every month, whatever that looks like. I mean, think about, I think I said like maybe six things Mm -hmm. and just do one every month. And in six months, you'll have new habits established. Yeah. That perspective is really powerful because it's like this one thing seems daunting right now, but eventually that one thing is going to become like habitual. It's just going to become like part of your routine. And I like personally think about like the deep breathing before sitting down to eat lunch. Like I sit down to eat lunch every day, non-negotiable, but a lot of times it's like, I'm like sitting down and I'm like going through what just happened in the shift, like what I still need to do at like once I get back from lunch. So yeah. I'm definitely going to implement that one. I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's just these little tiny tweaks. And that's really what I encouraged is tiny tweaks that mm-hmm. you can just kind of implement into your busy day because we can't always adjust the schedule at work. We can't always adjust, you know, what we walk into when we walk in the door at home, but we can adjust little tiny habits throughout the day that can really make a big impact on our bodies over time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you have to be in it for the long term. It's like, you might not see like the direct effects one day, one week, but like you will feel it eventually. And I, I think about just kind of like the status quo and like the standard that we accept as a society in general, it's like, it's normal to hustle. It's normal to be burnout. It's normal to be low energy. And it's like, no, but like, Sometimes you just have to tap into like that really good energy and that really good feeling just even once, even just for like a short second to like Mm -hmm. feel it and then be like, oh, wait, this is actually how it's supposed to be. (laughs) Yes. And when you start to see those symptoms kind of improving, it's like the light goes on. You're able to just tune more into things like especially when the brain fog lifts and you're just able to like think about things more clearly. All these things will slowly start to improve and then you really start to get that motivation factor and it just keeps you motivated to keep going more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's like, wow, it feels really good to feel good. And like, I can't believe I went this long. <laughs> not feeling this way, but you know, I, I I think it's really important to just like meet yourself where you're at, you know, whatever. And like you said, like just pick one thing and think about where you could be six months from now. So Mm -hmm. thank you for that perspective. Is there any little like last gold nuggets or pieces of advice that you want to share with the built to be community? Um, I mean, we've really covered so much today, but I mean, the last, (laughs) I mean, I I know we like just went through everything today. It was so amazing. I love it. We just like went through it all of all the little tidbits, but I think the one last thing I would say is giving yourself grace through this time as well. And when you are making these changes that it's not going to be perfect. And I think that's a big thing that holds so many women back from making these changes is that they go in with this idea that they have to be perfect at every single thing. They have to be perfect for nutrition, perfect at the workout routine, perfect at the sleep schedule, whatever. Right. But nothing about that is ever going to be perfect. It is always going to be fluctuating with things. So just really being, you know, giving yourself lots of grace through this whole time as you're going through it. You know, I tell every single one of my clients when they start, I do not expect a single thing that you do to be perfect. I'm not perfect. And right. I do this for a living. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so just really giving yourself and and just setting yourself up for the expectation that 
there's going to be days where like, you're not going to hit the goal and that's okay. You're just going to wake up the next day and just hit it again. And that's okay. As long as you're just consistent with it, most of the time, that's all that matters. It right. doesn't have to be perfect. Yes. I love that. I think that's such a good note to end on too. Cause it's like the permission slip that everybody needs to hear right now. It's not yes. about being a hundred percent. It's about like what you consistently choose to do and consistency compounds over time. So it'll all work exactly. out. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, Amanda, where can we connect with you after this episode? So you can find me um, on Instagram and my handle on there is nourished.hormones. And you can find me there. And if you're interested in working with me, if you want to kind of dive deeper into nutrition and lifestyle, or you really want to dive deeper into, you know, hormone, gut testing, things like that. Um, if you click the link in my bio, there's an application right there that we can, you know, kind of chat. And I always offer a free consult to anyone that wants to kind of see if we're a good fit to work together. Sweet. Thank you. I will make sure to add your Instagram handle down in the show notes and I'm going to be creeping your page for these adrenal cocktails. So. <laughs> yes. And I have a warm hot chocolate one coming out oh sometime God, in December. That is my favorite. So I have one planned for December. So stay tuned for that December hot cocoa one. <laughs> okay. I can't wait already. I'm so excited. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I feel like I learned so much. So I know my community did as well. And I really appreciate your time and your knowledge and your passion. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I had an amazing time talking to you guys. Before you go, I just wanted to let you know that I am so dang grateful that we are now on this journey through uncovering what it means to be you together. If you love this episode, make sure you share it with your friend or better yet, share it on social media and tag me so that way I know. Until next time, chat soon.